Hey there, we're talking about Wake Up Eager tips today. We're in our second part of this short series on my top Wake Up Eager mind, body, spirit tips for this year. Today is about body and we're talking about intermittent fasting and we're going to talk to Human Resources Director Amy Land, who's now becoming a health coach. She shares her two and a half year journey into intermittent fasting. You're going to hear all about health benefits, how she does it, why she does it, and so much more. I'm excited to share it with you. Let's explore this topic now. Michael, hit it. Welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast, a show designed for leaders, trainers, and consultants who are responsible for employee selection and professional development. Each episode is packed full with insider tips, best practices, expert interviews, and inspiration. Please welcome the host who is helping leaders, trainers, and consultants everywhere, Susie Price. Hey there, my name is Susie Price, and you're listening to the Wake Up Eagle Workforce Podcast. We cover everything related here to helping you and your organization reduce drama, increase energy, build commitment, and a Wake Up Eagle Workforce. So we're all about here. I'm a professional facilitator and I've been doing this wonderful work since 2004. I hope to continue to do it until I'm 90. We use a science called trimetrics. And a lot of what we talk about today and I mean, in our work is related to that science. One of the things that we spend a lot of time doing is certifying others to become experts. We have a self-paced resource section that helps people become a certified professional disc analyst, certified professional motivators analyst, and trimetrics expert analyst. And you can find that information at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash certification. It's a great way to help people understand their strengths. It's a great way to become an expert in these sciences and to use the sciences to aid in helping people bring the best of who they are to work, helping people pinpoint where specific development needs are, to use it in succession planning, to use it in team building. I mean, there's just so many applications all the way through the life cycle of an employee. So we also love talking about this work through our books, our blog, and this podcast. Our directory for the podcast is at wakeupeagerworkforce.com. And this episode is episode number 67. So there's a lot of other episodes you can look at. And today we are talking about something that's a little bit more personal. I would say 85% of our episodes are more focused on work leadership or the workforce. There's always a personal element in there when we're learning about listening or how we communicate. We can't help but bring our personal life into it. Uh, because how we communicate and how we do what we do is often related to our personal life and it's what formed us. So it's a little bit even more personal today when we're talking about body, but you know, we bring, take our body everywhere we go and no one else is going to take care of our body, but us, uh, if we don't focus on it, who will, that's what I always tell my nephews. If we don't feel good in our body, is that holding us back? from being the best leader that we can be. You know, health is wealth, right? So whatever we can do to feel better in our body and to be healthy, you know, that's how that relates to our leadership and waking up eager. And speaking of that, I have wake up eager tips that I do every week. Last year was the first year I did it. And I focused on mind, body, spirit tips and created an ebook from all of those tips and that's available for you to download at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash wake up eager. 
So look for that Mind, Body, Spirit Tips book. It's 123 tips. And then uh, what you'll see is uh, there's a lot of mention in there when I was thinking about this little bit of series about what's my number one tips for going forward in the mind tip, body tip, spirit tip. So the body tip, I talk about intermittent fasting at least three different times uh, in 2019. And it is the thing that I think I have found that is my number one thing when I think about feeling good in my body and for things being easier and feeling healthy. And so that's why we're talking about that today. Just also want to mention that the Wake Up Eager Wednesday tips have continued at Wake Up Eager uh, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash wake up eager. But this year we're focusing on a little bit more of the workforce part of the equation. So we're talking about tips every week on hiring, team building, stress management. So it's short content, but it's links, tools, reminders, and also goes into trimetrics. So if you're a trimetrics user or want to be using assessments more in your business, um, you can learn more about that there. And the tips are just content and links and things to help you. We'd love to get feedback from you. So if a particular episode inspires you or gives you great results, please let me know. I'd love to love to read it. I'd love to hear from you. And I promise I will respond back. We have a new feedback tool where you can actually record a message that can be shared on a future episode or not shared on a future episode, but it makes it super easy just to speak your thoughts. So if you go to speakpipe.com, speakpipe.com forward slash wake up eager workforce, speakpipe.com forward slash wake up eager workforce, click on the purple microphone and just talk. And what I'd love for you to share is some feedback That would be good. But I also would love to hear about something I'm recording in a a week or two, and that is around tune-in time. I'd love for you to share and love to use it on the next episode around my number one spirit tip, which is tune-in time. That is taking quiet time every day to align, to reflect. You know, what do you do in your own tune-in time? What works for you? Why do you do it? How do you do it? So go to speakpipe.com forward slash wake up eager workforce. Leave us anything on there message wise. You can leave up to a five minute message. But if you would like to be featured in the next podcast, tell me a little bit about tune in time, what you do. Do you write? Do you meditate? Do you pray? Is there something you read? Do you walk? What do you do for quiet time every day to align? Okay. So love your feedback. Speakpipe.com forward slash wake up eager workforce. All right, so title today, number 67. This is episode 67, and it's my number one wake up eager body tip, and it's intermittent fasting with Amy Land. You can find all the show notes and all the links because there's going to be a ton of links we refer to and information we share. You can find all of that at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash fasting, all lowercase. What are we talking about today? We're talking about what is intermittent fasting? How does it work? What are the benefits? Why does it work? And then you're going to hear specifically how Amy Land gained her health back and her mental clarity with intermittent fasting. Amy was an athlete in college and a human resource leader, as I've already shared. And so you're going to get to learn more about that. So I share different tips in about intermittent fasting, as I mentioned, there are three different times that I talk about it in the Wake Up Eager Mind, Body, Spirit Tips ebook, the free ebook I mentioned that you can go to wakeupeager.com and download. There's a guide to fasting that I talked about in tip number five under uh, that tips book. That guide to fasting is really helpful. 
I first got introduced to fasting a couple years ago where I was only doing it for three days or five days, but it was uh, with a doctor and it was, I was actually drinking a liquid while I was doing it that had different things in it. Um, and I never even thought I could do that. I thought there's no way this can happen. And you know, I was very nervous about it. But when I did it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much easier than I would have thought. And a lot of healing was happening when I was doing those fasts. And I did those like 10 different times. So I kind of came into this protocol that I'm doing today with a running start from the work I did with my wellness coach. I also have a tip, tip number 13 in that Wake Up Eager Tips book under the body is a super funny video. And so if you have the ebook, go look at it. It's uh, this comedian. He does spoofs on things and he just acts them out around his house. (laughs) But they're super funny. And there's one where he does a spoof on people who brag about their fitness and health routine. So he says, oh, no, I'm doing gluten free. I can't I can't have that. Or, oh, I'm fasting now. Or, oh, I'm doing Weight Watchers. And it's very funny. So go look it for that link. uh, Tip number 13 in the ebook. And then also tip number 33, I talk about intermittent fasting and share an infographic. And I, at that time, that must have been near the end of the year, but I you know, was talking about, hey, I've been intermittent fasting for a while now. I'm, I'm enjoying it. And there's a good overview about intermittent fasting. It's a big infographic that would be very helpful and an easy read. So I encourage you to go look at those tips. Tip 5, 13, and 33 in the Wake Up Eager Tips book, which you can download. It's a PDF. And it's 123 Mind, Body, Spirit Tips at wakeupeager.com. also want to mention that fasting is not for everyone. This is not medical advice, and we are just sharing our experience with you. So I want to tell you a little bit about Amy Land. I first heard her interviewed on the Intermittent Fasting Stories podcast, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes. That's where people share their story, and it's an interesting uh, podcast to go listen to. Amy graduated from Cornell University with a degree in psychology. She was a crew rower, and she lives in New York, and she was also a gymnast in college. She uh, has an interesting background. She managed the men's basketball team at Cornell. Then she went on to work in the NBA with the New Jersey Nets. She uh, moved into human resources by working with large consulting firms, uh, mostly in the accounting world in the, as a human resource executive. And then she most recently was a human resource director at a technology company. And that's actually where one of her colleagues told her about fasting and eating, not eating, having an eating window. She's working her way today as a health coach. And we'll have her email address for you to reach out in case you're interested and want to ask her questions. You can do that. And she serves and gives her time freely as a moderator in the Delay Don't Deny Facebook group, which is this very large group, 250,000 people in that group. And they are talking about Delay Don't Deny. What's that? That's intermittent fasting, which you're going to learn more about as we go to our dialogue. Let's turn it over to Amy now. So welcome, Amy. Glad you're here. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So let's start talking about your journey with intermittent fasting, one of my favorite topics these days. Tell us a little bit about why you considered it, how you got started, and why you've stuck with it. Okay. Well, the why I considered it was because it was kind of a last resort. I probably tried everything. I've always been really into health and wellness and, and looking and feeling my best, but I had 
three children um, over the course of my life. I was getting older. I have autoimmune thyroid disease. I had PCOS. So I had some challenges that were preventing me from being as fit and as lean as I would like. And I gained, I always carried actually about 20 pounds that just wasn't coming off. And occasionally I could lose some of the weight with traditional diets, but nothing was sustainable. And as a last resort, I found intermittent fasting and it's really, you know, it's been the holy grail for me. I mean, I lost uh, all the 20 pounds that I wanted to and I've never felt better. So do you want to know how I found it? Or? Yeah, yeah. So how, how did you find it? And, you know, you say it's your holy grail. Talk a little bit about that. So maybe how you found intermittent fasting. It's becoming more of a buzzword these days. So you see it more or maybe I just see it more because I'm interested in it. But it does seem like it's out there more. But I think you might have started, what, a couple years ago? Yeah, I'm about two and a half years in. And I think it was just primarily through an Internet search. What had happened, I was working in HR for an IT company, and I was part of a leadership team with um, six men and myself and a coach that we had that was trying to create a little bit more intimacy amongst the executive board of the company had tasked us with just being as vulnerable as we can and sharing with the rest of the team what was our biggest challenge or our most personal challenge at the moment. And I took a risk because it, it really wasn't something I thought the guys were going to be interested in. And I talked about having slowly gained 20 pounds over the last several years and that I was hiding it well, but really just didn't feel comfortable in my skin. And I didn't know what else to do. I was already already tracking macros and exercising regularly and eating really well. And the weight just wasn't budging. And the next day, one of the guys on the team with me came up to me and he said, Oh, I heard what you said. Thanks for sharing. Um, I have a friend who was similar and I know he was just ultimately able to lose the weight and I'm going to find out what he was doing and I'll see if I can help you. I said, sure. And, and I walked back to my office knowing that there wasn't going to be anything that this guy was going to come up with that was going to be different than I had tried because I was a champion cereal dieter. And uh, lo and behold, he came back to me the next day and he said, Amy, I found out what my friend did. I said, okay, what, what can I learn? He said, well, he basically doesn't eat. So of course I, you know, I laughed with him and then I said, all right, tell me more. He said, I don't really know anymore, but I started to research that on my own. And I somehow came across Jen Stevens book called delay. Don't deny. And I basically just dove right in because I was already really committed to trying this. I had tried everything else and kind of the rest is history. You know, it became pretty easy to do. I love that you said you were a champion cereal dieter. (laughs) I think so many of us can relate to that, you know, about not feeling comfortable in your skin and doing all the right things. And I, I loved it when you said you were a champion cereal dieter. I mean, I have people who reach out to me and they'll say, hey, so what are you doing nowadays? Because <laughs> I'm always mm-hmm. doing something, you know, I did, I did gluten-free, I did this, I did that, you know, and I've always been physical too, athletic. And I think you're, I yeah. mean, I wasn't athletic in high school or anything, but I became an athlete, not like like you though. I mean, you were a crew in college and you did gymnasts, I think. I mean, so you're used to being physical in your body. And so all of that I can relate to so much and, and seeking. Yeah, I think what, I think what's interesting is that about intermittent fasting is that 
before I found IF, even when I lost weight, I used to lose weight in certain parts of my body, but not really where the fat was, if that makes sense. So I always carried fat, you know, on my back and somewhat on my stomach, which I still have a little of. But what happens is because your hormones are balanced with intermittent fasting, which is really different than other forms of dieting, you just tend to lose fat exactly where you need it as opposed to, uh, you know, I used to get thin before and still look like a marshmallow on a stick, if you will. (laughs) But um, now my body is much more balanced, you know, that's what's kind of amazing because you don't just have the weight loss. You have complete like hormonal regulation, which I think is why this works so well for me and continues to because my health issues that were preventing weight loss are hormone related, which is um, Hashimoto's thyroid disease and polycystic ovarian syndrome. And as well as, you know, I'm in the beginning of menopause right now um, in my mid fifties. So I think it's, it's a, you know, such a savior for everybody, but especially for middle-aged women. Yes. Yes. It is such a, it is, I love what you said, complete hormonal regulation. So when you think about, you know, why you stuck with it, well, it's because uh, it gets easier and easier, right? Absolutely, Susie. But I think primarily it's the simplicity of it, the flexibility of it. You know, I've, I've kind of informally coached a lot of people on this and, and people ask so many questions and get so caught up in the nuances. What time should I start eating? What time should I stop? When should I do it? What if I have a meeting? What if I have a dinner? What if I have to eat with my children? And the, the beauty of it is none of those things really matter. Each day, you can wake up and say, what's my schedule? What do I need to do today? What am I choosing to do? And around that, make up your fasting schedule. And that's the beauty of it. it I think I've learned you know, primarily that our body sort of doesn't like to have the same thing every day. So if you move that window around of eating and fasting, I think you're going to get better results and you don't have to panic. And the, the beauty of it is all you need to do is focus on getting a clean fast. Outside of that, your body's going to take care of the rest and your social life's going to take care of the rest. It's really not that hard. And so when you say you informally coach, you're also moving into being a formal health coach, but in the moment you're, you're moderating a large Facebook group, right? That uh, Exactly. The I'm one don't of deny. the moderators. Yeah. Right. Delay don't deny, right? That was the book I had mentioned earlier. Uh, Jen Stevens has a, her first book is Delay Don't Deny. And she's someone that I've become personally friendly with, but also follow, uh, you know, religiously because she just is so knowledgeable in this area. So we were talking about how easy it is. So talk a little bit about that, because that's something I have found. I have tried. I mean, I have um, trimmed down over the years and Uh I've been like you in regard to not having a lot of weight to lose, but not always feeling comfortable in my skin and knowing, you know, I know know when I feel better and I'm 55 this year. So, uh, you know, I've come relate to all the hormonal stuff and all of that. Uh And it has felt like you said it was a savior with the intermittent fasting. So talk a little bit about that. People might be sitting here thinking intermittent fasting, what the heck? So talk a little bit about how you do it. And then, you know, was it hard at first? Was it easy at first? Mm-hmm. And a little bit about, yeah, just how you do it. And 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 then a little bit about the two and a half years. You t- I think I know, I know why you're sticking with it because I'm nine months in and I'll never not do it. But it sounds well, exactly. so Exactly. I mean, you, you kind of answered, you answered the question there, Susie. I mean, there's kind of, 
it's very different than any other diet. I mean, any other diet I used to wake up and I would decide if I'm doing that and get frustrated and get on the scale and think of what's going on. I mean, now I, I never, I just know that I eat in the late afternoon primarily, you know, I don't think about it. It's just that, oh yeah, I'm going to eat that. It's just a bit later. I, I don't think about what I can't do. I'm thinking about what I can do. And what I can do is just wait a little bit. And it's really as simple as that. I just wait until I'm really hungry, until my body's really ready. And then I eat until I think what's really important is that I eat and when I'm really hungry and I stop when I'm no longer hungry, which is a subtle difference from stopping when you're full. And I think that a big part of this is um, we're going to get sidetracked a little bit towards, I wanted to link this to professionalism and careers and, and the mental clarity you get. But Perfect. in terms of just sticking with the IF is that the reason I stick to it, bottom line is that it works. So, I mean, initially there's some weight loss and then there's all these, what's called online, primarily NSVs, which stands for non-scale victories. And they, I can share some of those with you if you're interested. That'd be but awesome. Those, yes. Okay. Well, I mean, there's a lot of them. I mean, first of all, the mental clarity and the calmness that come with this are, you know, just short of, you know, phenomenal, really. I'm kind of an impatient, you know, scattered kind of squirrely brain, even more so than before I did this. But I have really, because of the compartmentalization of your life, when you think about it, Normally, we're very distracted people, especially in the age of technology with devices around us at all time, and we're multitasking. But when you're really doing IF well, and when it carries over to your life, you're separating major things in your life. When you're not eating, you're focused on everything else that you're doing. You're present for your conversations. You're present for your colleagues. You're present for your family. You're present for your dog, perhaps. You're really living a mindful life because in order to do this well, you really have to be super mindful. You cannot just eat that grape when you pass in the kitchen. You oh, can't I love take that. that sip of or exactly, but you can't take that sip of cranberry juice. You can't, but you can have it later. So in order to really get tuned in to what's amazing about IF and it, having it become like a part of your DNA, you have to be mindful. You have to stop. You have to take a slow breath, you have to inhale, and you have to make a choice. Mm -hmm. And you make a choice about when you're going to eat that day. And what I just said is transferable to really anything in your life, which is why I have found IF so powerful and why it's much more than just the way I eat. And I think yeah. people who do this really well now, they notice all the benefits, the health benefits, I would say, that are non-scale related. For me personally, I have a goiter that's small and well-managed, but the goiter has reduced by about 70% to the point that my endocrinologist can't feel it anymore. And we just slowly are planning to watch it by sonogram every couple of years because he said it's not an issue anymore. My teeth have improved incredibly. My, every time I go to the dentist, she's amazed that <laughs> I, you know, I don't, no bleeding gums, no plaques because you're yes. not eating. Think about it. You're not eating all day. Yeah, there's no gunk um, on my teeth. I know my cleanings are, are straight. No you know, gunk, and, right? and no gunk. It's like less of that, you know, how they dig, you know, they every time you do a cleaning. They it's don't like, have to scrape anymore. Yeah, is that funny? It's so crazy. That my, eyesight, my eyesight improved a lot. of I've always had really bad eyesight of strong astigmatism. And as you get older, I'm turning 56 in April. 
Every okay. time I go to my my eye doctor, she yeah. says, I don't understand. I'm not sure why this is happening, but, you know, your prescription's better. And I'll tell I said, I know why it's happening. And I've turned her on to IF too, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, to me, it blows me away how simple it is and how doable it is and how able I am to do it. And it is a switch. It is a big mind switch in regard to, okay, you have to eat breakfast and then you have to. And and when I did eat breakfast, I think you and I are aligned in that I ate all the right things. You know, I Mm ate the protein in the breakfast. I went low carb and low carb does work better for me in general. But anyway, I did all the right things, but it was like, it's still like weight would creep on. Or if I didn't like work out like 10 times a week Mm -hmm. and do the dieting, I couldn't keep and what I have found is I'm I'm exercising less I'm still moving I walk my dogs I have ankle weights and stuff and I walk on the hills and and I hike and I still do the peloton Uh and those types of things but it's less crazy it's more mindful your to use your words and exactly and it's interesting how easy it is to not eat how easy it is to not well it's because it's really not about hunger once you get fat adapted you're just not hungry anymore. I do get hungry in the late afternoon because that's when I eat. But up until then, you start to learn also a lot of a lot of things mentally. First of all, hunger is not an emergency. Which yes. is just like if you just sit with what I just said for a second, I think that's pretty powerful. We're taught that, you know, a growling stomach is like a scary thing. But, you know, when your stomach is growling, it's actually eating the fat seriously. Mm. So for me, I embrace it. I get very excited when I hear that or feel that. Yeah, it's working. And it's, um, and you start to feel so energized and so much clarity on this that you realize that the fasted state is it's counterintuitive because we're taught like, oh, if you don't eat, you know, if you don't eat, you're going to be weak and tired and cranky. And it's just the opposite, which is, as you know, almost like we've been duped all these years into yes. thinking. I used to eat less calories than I do now. I don't count calories, but occasionally I check in to see how I'm doing. Yeah, I would I was probably eating 1,200 calories. I'm 5'6", so 1,200 calories a day in six small meals. I was doing those stupid 200 calories six times a day. And now I'm probably eating... 1800 about on average and much more wide variety of foods and, and exercising less and I'm down 20 pounds. Well, there and I'm, you a, you know, I'm a, a sitting in a size two on the bottom and a small on top. And I was extra large on top because I had so much weight on top and about a six on the bottom. So yeah. significant difference with a lot more food. I'm just eating it in a tighter time frame. And you're, you're getting mistaken for people say that you can't be 55 and what I see in your pictures and you see it with a lot of the other on um, the delay don't mm-hmm. deny the Facebook page people for everybody who's listening you know people share their you know here I am you know when I started and here I am you know six mm-hmm. months later or ten months later or whatever the glow on people's face and the clarity I mean and people will see it in your picture Amy you look bright and sunny and uh, clear. Oh, thank you yeah, uh, it's yeah, obvious. I mean, it is interesting. The changes, Susie, like I think that your eyes get every. I noticed with all this on, on the Facebook group also, everybody's eyes start to pop. I mean, yeah. I um, I happen to be Caucasian on both sides of you know, both my parents, but I always, I used to be told that, oh, you look like you have some Asian blood in you. You look kind of Asian, and I don't have any, but I realized, <laughs> and I do have almond-shaped eyes to some extent, but I realized that the inflammation in my face 
used to make me look like I had, you know, more Asian blood and I don't have any. And it's just such an odd occurrence. And I think it's because your face just kind of, I I always had such a big fat face, even when I was thin and right away. So like what happens with IF is that the fat that's from inflammation, I think goes away really quickly, which is so unique of any diet plan. And it's not a diet plan, but yes, it's kind of cool about this. And like you said, I think everybody ends up looking younger, smoother skin and brighter eyes and all kinds of little things like people's nails get better. I had little tiny scars. I had a a benign cyst on on one of my breasts and it for years I had it in like when I was 30 and it's gone. It's just gone. I mean, it just disappeared. You know, things that may have bothered you like for years that just kind of go away and you don't exactly know why. Yeah. You know, it's interesting with the inflammation in your face, what you're talking about there. Mm -hmm. I have a picture. It was when I was more on my more slender side. It's probably three years ago. And so I was in my skinnier pants, you know, always use the pants uh, test, right? Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. um, but my face looks puffy to me. And I would not have told you that then. You know, when I look at the picture, I think, oh, right. you I'm, thought a that trimmer, was I'm happy, it looks, I'm okay, you know, I look fine. Yeah. But now right. I can see the leaner look or what you're talking about. And it is, it is inflammation and it's the hormonal balance. So that makes a lot of sense. And all the other non-scale victories are amazing. Let's talk a little bit about becoming fat adapted because you and I both had tested a lot of things before we started and I had done mm-hmm. other types before, you know, that yeah. and, and different things. So so for me to jump into intermittent fasting made a lot of sense and I did it very quickly. And I think I understand that you did too, you know, so once I read mm-hmm. about it and I understood it and I added it into everything else I had done, I was able to jump in. So talk a little bit about, you said, once people get fat adapted, can you share a little bit about what that means? Because some people, if they're sure. thinking about getting yeah, into I mean, I, intermittent fasting, may struggle more to get started. Yeah. And I, and I think it is, you know, it's a very... So much of this you start to realize is that it, it's customizable and everybody's unique and there are going to be, but I think it really has to do, the reason it was pretty easy for probably both of us, you mentioned you did low carb. I've also yeah. been pretty, I would say not low carb, but carb conscious. Those of us who have been doing low carb have an easier time getting into the fasted state and not being as, as hungry and maybe hangry those first couple of days. I mean, I really, I was one of the very lucky people that felt really good. Maybe not the first day, but probably the second day. And I bet most of the first day I felt really good. But I mean, really, it's a matter of if you have a lot of sugar in you, a lot of carbohydrates, you've been eating a lot of small meals, it's going to be a challenge. I would say you have to probably give it a few weeks. Because your body has to go through all of the glycogen, all of the sugar, anything that's in your body that's making you feel uncomfortable. The more you eat, the more often you eat, the more carbs you eat, the more you think you need to eat and want to eat. So you have to turn that off. And it it really takes a while for the body to deplete all of that. And some of us are lucky if we've been doing low carb, I think it's an easier transition from what I can tell. But I mean, the best thing is, is just it does pass and, you know, just. Do the best you can and and be kind to yourself. Some of us can dive right in and do a really long fast. And for many people, they take weeks or months to transition. And what they do is they start with, let's say, something which is pretty 
common now in the news. You mentioned before how mainstream this is becoming of, let's say, 16-8, which means the lingo means that you're fasting for 16 hours and you're eating for eight. So if you start at 16-8, maybe you do that for a week, you know, see how you feel. Then change it to to 17 and seven, you know, and you're fasting 17 hours and eating for seven. And you keep, you know, knocking down an hour or so till you're at a smaller eating window and you're starting to meet the goals that you set for yourself. Some people will be super lucky with and be able to eat for eight hours a day and fast, you know, fast for 16 or so and get tremendous results, both, you know, health-wise and weight-wise. And some of us who have a little bit more, you know, metabolic issues and a history of dieting and may have to make a, a much tighter window. But basically, that's how fat adaptation, you know, adaptation works. It has to do with how much sugar is floating around and how much insulin in your body and glycogen. And you want to deplete all that before you start to feel really great on most of your fats. I mean, I've, I've listened to all the science, but I don't really know how to teach it. There's another book that I'll put in the show notes by Dr. Jason Fung called The Obesity uh-huh. Code, and it's very sciencey, and I know you're familiar with it too, I would assume. Yeah. And that he goes through the science of this obesity thing and the hormones and what you're talking about in regard to glycogen exactly. in the body and glucose and all of that. That's uh-huh. the stuff that's running in our body that's uh, making us hold on to weight and making us hungry. And what, when you said hangry, it cracks me up. My, my sister-in-law used to say, oh, Susie's getting hangry. You know, got to get her a snack. Mm-hmm. She's about to be in the snack right. burger mode. And like one year, yep. like recently, like maybe two Christmases ago or whatever, she gave me some hangry socks. And I'm like, <laughs> well, that's not true anymore. You know, I, I laughed it's a little bit, true, but a little right. bit of me was a little serious. I'm like, well, that's not true anymore because the low yeah. carb helped me, you know, moving into more of a paleo style, low carb for my body. I'm not saying that's for everybody, but for me, I function mm-hmm. better that way. So I'm not hangry anymore, but it does change that whole. And I think that's what makes it so hard for some people to uh, buy into because they're like, wait a minute, how could you not be starving? Especially Especially somebody like me who was known for being a snap burger mode, you know. Well, you know, the you know, I, the irony is that the more we eat, the more often we need to eat. You know yes. that that's really it doesn't make sense. And every personal trainer who doesn't know about this will tell you, oh, you have to sort of get ahead of your hunger. I mean, when I think back now, for my really for more than fifty years of my life, and I this is embarrassing to say, but I have a feeling it's pretty common. I don't know that I ever felt hunger. Like uh, hunger was I not agree. relevant. It wasn't relevant to how often I should be eating. I just kind of was so conditioned to this small meal thing and trying to lose weight and or eating on a time clock. Well, my mother gave me breakfast. My mother gave me lunch. I would eat yeah. and not stopping to think, how do I feel? And what yeah. does my body need? And how is this going to react with my hormones? I never, ever did that. And that because food is so readily available everywhere we turn in America and even in many parts of the world, we don't tune in enough. And that's a lot of this is back to that awareness and tuning in. If you let yourself tune in, you will hear. Our bodies are talking really loudly. We just have to be quiet enough to listen to what we really need. And what we most of us need is a feeding a day, mm-hmm. <laughs> not yes. several, you know, not several small meals. That's my opinion anyway. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And you know, it's interesting, even though I was pretty well found adapted and I jumped in pretty easily just now, uh-huh. I'm like at the nine month mark, because I've been tracking yeah. it. There's an app that I use the, um, and I don't know which one you use, but zero, I think it's called zero. Um, yeah. People like that one, zero. I, I use what do one you like? window. 
window. window. I like that I one, too. Is that the one that Jen's son created? Yeah. Oh, and, I do uh, both of those. I, I just really like it. I, I just like the simplicity of it and it, you know, but I think that's a little tip. I'll just squeeze in right here. For yeah. me personally, two and a half years in, I still physically use an app to open my window and close it. And for me, that's a physical trigger of knowing that, you know, that I'm not going to eat again until it's time for me to open my window. Because I think I know a lot of people that have trouble sort of staying to their window. It's because let's say they close at 6 p.m. at night and then at 8 o'clock, their husband's having popcorn or ice cream. And they're like, oh, okay, I'll just have a little. But, you know, in essence, your window just got two hours longer and you're going to have two hours less fasting till tomorrow because you already closed. So I find that I think the app is, you know, again, the simplicity of it is brilliant, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's so easy to use. And I actually, I have to have both. <laughs> so, and I've been dragging mm-hmm. it. So I do the Zero app. So the Zero app tells mm-hmm. me how long I've been to bring yep. We'll put links to this in the show notes, but so the Zero app, just for everybody who's listening, uh, helps you see when you started and when you stopped your fast. And then as soon as I do that, I go over to the Window app, which is I'm opening my window now. And so I'm nine months in, and even though it was pretty yeah. easy for me to start, um, it's just now at the nine month where I'm still not I'm not thinking about food. It's actually it's taken me that long for it to be a habit, right? Um, now, I didn't yeah, struggle, I mean, and I wasn't white-knuckling, so I want to talk about the clean fast, but um, it, so, it has taken longer than I would have thought to really get completely like, this is my way of life. Yeah. How about for you? How well, long think, did it take? I think everybody is different. I mean, again, just to get back to the app, because I do think it's really important if people want to try this. The beauty of the window app is that it tracks your fasting window and your eating window on the yeah. same thing. So you have all the data there, including your weight, if you want. And I would also, if people are doing this for weight loss, and to be honest, most of us get in for weight loss, and then we stay there for the health benefits like uh, cancer prevention and Alzheimer's prevention now and diabetes and heart disease reversal, all kinds of things are showing up in research that are benefited by intermittent fasting. It's just the simplicity and the the routine of of using the app, I, I think, just can't be underestimated. Yeah. Yeah. And that whole idea of literally opening your window and closing your window and and you're still eating it. And that's the other thing is there's not like you're not eating. You're just deciding when you're going to eat. Oh, I eat a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So talk a little bit first before we jump into that. Talk a little bit about clean fast because you mentioned it. You said, okay, here's the key. You got a clean fast. And I agree because I have played with that and thought, you know, I could put a little of this in here, you know, stevia or whatever. Talk a little bit about what you do during the fast. Tea, coffee, Um, water, what, what a clean fast is. What's super important and what Jen Stevens advocates and I completely believe in is that a clean fast, the only things that you consume during a clean fast would be water, plain mineral water or plain sparkling water, black coffee, black green tea, or just black tea with nothing in it. So anything that really has a flavor you don't want to mess around with. I mean, there are some people that will tell you, well, you could have a little lemon and there are some herbal teas that could be okay. But my feeling is that if it has any flavor other than a little bit bitter and the things I mentioned before probably fall into all that category, stay away from it. Because 
your body can easily think that it's getting food and an insulin response would occur if you have anything with flavor. So, and you don't have to drink to excess. Some people think initially, oh, I have to have eight glasses of water and four bottles of Pellegrino and this. I drink to thirst. I mean, I, I drink plenty, but it's not like I'm drinking to avoid or to distract myself from not eating. You just, you know, you can have something to drink and then you wait and you eat and you have things with flavor if you're missing them. And it's as simple as that. Awesome. And it it, it is right when you say you have an insulin response. Is that what you said? Insulin or is it glucose or both? Mm -hmm. I guess it's both. Your body does. Your body. Yeah, it's triggered. It's, it's triggered. If you have anything with flavor to think that more food is coming and it gets sort of excited and starts uh, having a metabolic response that, you know, prevents what we're trying to do here with weight loss and health benefits. Because essentially when we're fasting, we're healing. Mm -hmm. Our body is healing. That's what I feel like. And like you said, it's complete cell regeneration every time you, you know, fast over 16 hours. That's why there's been, this was initially actually, and and Dr. Jason Fung and others write about it in their books. This um, fasting uh, benefits were initially started when they, they were used on cancer patients, you know, when they were going through chemotherapy and they realized the benefit it has towards healthy cell renewal every time you fast for any length of time. So um, it's pretty cool to think about that. I mean, I personally think about it and I don't even know if this is true, but it makes sense to me that it takes a lot for our bodies to digest food. It's really hard work. And when we don't give them that to do, they can concentrate on taking care of everything else in our body and and making it ready and healthy and staying youthful and young and vital. It's awesome. So when you open your window, Uh and I are are similar in that we, you know, we we've studied all the stuff that you should eat and we, we had a certain thing that we would only eat. I find I have a lot more freedom. Um, Mm -hmm. now when you open your window, how long is your window usually? And was it always that length? And then tell us a little bit about what you're eating. Sure. I mean, I hesitate to tell you how short my actual eating window is because I don't want people to kind of freak out. But this is what works for me. And and the one thing I'll say, and I I think you could probably agree with me, Susie, and anybody who does this, is that it's a very, very personal journey. The simplicity is in the fasting and the eating window. But outside of that, you have to find out what works for your body. So during the week, which I consider sort of the work week, Monday through Friday, I normally I eat sometimes for as short as one hour, which I know sounds ridiculous. I don't put restrictions on it. It just happens to be the time that comes from when I open my window to when I'm satisfied. So what I normally do, I, we have uh, two kids in college and I have one who's in high school and I pick up my son from high school and then he's hungry because he's the growing boy and eats a few meals a day, but he often is ready for a meal at three o'clock or so. And I'll sit down with him and I'll start a big meal. And then when I'm finished, I just press my button and I'm finished. So it can often be maybe between three and 5 p.m. or about four, I finish. Sometimes I keep it longer, but basically I'm eating quite a bit of food, anything. I have this little trick that someone taught me and it's something that mentally works for me because I'm such a foodie. And initially Mm -hmm. I was sad that I wasn't eating all day. So what what I do now is if there's anything that I think of that I want to enjoy in my eating window, I keep a sticky, you know, with me or on my counter and I write down what that is. Or I actually, if it's something that doesn't have to be refrigerated, I will physically put it on the counter 
And by the time my window is about to open, my counter looks pretty funny because I might have 10 things there that, oh, I'm craving, I don't know, cottage cheese or, or lamb chops or leftover lasagna or a green smoothie or avocado, whatever it might be. And then invariably, I get to that window opening and I say, I, I don't really want that anymore. It was something I felt like having at 11 o'clock this morning. But right. by giving, my, giving myself permission that I could have it, it's just a wonderful freeing feeling. And that kind of fuels me to getting to later in the day when I know I'm going to open it. So I don't know if I fully answered your question, but I would say basically during the week, I keep a short window because it works for me. I I eat late afternoon. I eat plenty. I close my window. I like to go to sleep with an empty belly, but on the weekends, I'm much more flexible. It depends what we're doing socially. Sometimes I'll do what's sort of considered almost too small fast. Let's say I'll, I'll fast till like 18 hours on the weekends and then we're having brunch with people or a tailgate with my daughter's team and I'll eat a meal and then I'll close my window again, sort of, it's not a real window and fast maybe six or seven hours until the nighttime when I'm having a meal out with friends so that I kind of know if I'm kidding myself, but I personally feel that it's better than kind of leaving an eight hour window of kind of snacking all day. I'm getting the benefits of, you know, that's my method, but it's I so love it. personal. It know, is you can very figure personal. Out whatever works for you. And everybody's different. So everybody has different um, genetics. Mm-hmm. Everybody has different, you know, things that they're uh, that work for them and don't work for them. Yep. The thing with the intermittent fasting is, as you were saying, you're more mindful. So and you're more aware of what's working and not working. It's like you become you know, the, used to have that thing about intuitive eating. Well, you really do become intuitive about eating. And for me, over the nine months, it's it's changed. So when I first started, there's so many things that I have not eaten for so long um, mm-hmm. that I'm like, OK, I got my window open I'm damn gonna eat anything I want you know of course yeah well that's the beauty of it it was fun yeah you you can yeah and it felt great and then the best thing is that you just you you just have to learn what you want to tweak you know based on your own goals yeah. Mm-hmm. So initially that felt good because like, and I couldn't wait to eat. And then now, like yesterday, I was so busy all day and I think it was 22 hours. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah. I need- oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, but a lot of days, usually I'm more like uh, 18, 18 mm-hmm. to 20 hours. 18 and you know? six. Uh huh. Yeah, that yeah. kind of works. So now what I've gotten back to what I have just naturally gravitated to and there's no guilt in it and there's no have to. But I find I feel better if I do like I'll open my window with a green smoothie or something where I've got lots of greens and uh-huh. um, protein powder and that kind of thing. And then maybe that's it two or three or four because I have a home office. And then when my husband comes home, he's usually home by 637, I'll have cooked something. And so I don't eat quite as much because I'm full now with all the nutrients. I seem to benefit from like, I like the words. They just feel good when I say them. Flood my body with nutrition, you know, so I Mm -hmm, love doing that. mm -hmm. So while I had my little junk phase, it felt good, but it's like, it didn't feel really as good. You know, like mentally in my head, it felt good to like, I can eat what I want. I like a little kid taunting. Sure. others but uh so now i'm kind of in a groove that's working and i'm sure it'll evolve absolutely it evolves i mean i'm two and a half years into this and i still tweak things i mean that's what's sort of so interesting about it i think it's just you know really important i think i said this before but I, i don't think it can be underestimated to learn what feels good to your specific body i mean there are people that don't do well you know with gluten and and regardless of whether you're fasting or not 
it doesn't give you a license to flood your body with things that your body doesn't tolerate well. Now, it's right. with that, some intolerances do lessen, you yes. know, from the benefits of intermittent fasting, but you still have to figure out, you know, what works for you in terms of, we said carbs and keto and yeah, there's sugar all these and things. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. But the flexibility really is there. If you're yes. starting with a clean fast, you are way ahead of most of the population, in my yeah. opinion, and you have some latitude to enjoy some food that you might not have before that. Yeah. In my can't, experience. Can't overstate the clean fast because the clean fast to when I didn't do it, I was kind of midway and I thought, you know, I'm doing so good and my gut health is so good and I'm feeling so great. I'm going to have a little coffee with stuff in it, you know, and yeah. it's like, and then as the, you know, I was white knuckling my time, I was mm-hmm. hungry. It made me hungry. And it's like, okay, well, that was a good experiment because that did not work. So now I know why we continually talk about clean fasting. It's just very interesting how it gets so, it's so easy. And it's so simple. It's just like, it's almost like you want to tell everybody. So I guess that's why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> you know, I yeah. want to tell people, like, if you're looking for it, and I'm trying, not trying to convince anyone, you know, but if you're looking for something simple and that can uh, regulate your hormones and help you with mindfulness and works for a lot of people, this is the journey. And it could be, maybe you just do a 12-12 window. Maybe you do a 14, you know, you just try it. The other thing that people don't realize is that you can get tremendous benefits by just doing this a few times a week. There are lots of people that do that. So if you want to do, some people just do like one 24-hour fast a week and that's fine. You know, if you are metabolically pretty healthy, you don't have a lot of disease in your family, you can get tremendous benefits from doing this once or twice a week. So you have to just sort of find what works for you. I mean, unfortunately, I have a metabolism and a family history of diabetes and heart disease. So I'm kind of hardcore with this because it works for me. But you don't have to be. You really don't. I mean, you have to look at your own needs, your own goals, your own body. And I think you can find something. I mean, the main thing is we should not be snacking 24-7. I there used to go. be such a nighttime snacker. I mean, Me I was too. Doing, and I was eating air popped popcorn or apple slices. It wasn't like I was going crazy, but it no. was enough to make the difference in my weight and my overall health and my thyroid and lots of things that are so much better now with IF. Mm. Yeah, it's the eating all day which we were mm-hmm. taught, you know, back in the 80s and 90s when I was teaching at Spa Lady and doing teaching aerobics, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, you got to eat all day, <laughs> you know, like, no. And that's the secret is tightening up the window of the time. And so it's like, how simple is that? And what's so interesting to me is this is free. I mean, you might go buy the book, which I'm going to recommend you do, Delay, Don't Deny. I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes. And I definitely recommend listening to the podcast. And we're going to put the podcast that you were on, Amy, with the Intermittent Fasting Stories, because that's where I learned about you. Oh, great. Um, yeah, so we'll put fun. that in the show notes, too. So, But the, the thing is, is intermittent fasting is free. I mean, there's no pills. to Well, exactly. And you, (laughs) that's why it's not as mainstream as you would think. Think about it. Nobody stands to really make any money off of this. People are becoming healthier and need doctors less the more they do this. So the medical industry isn't going to endorse it really. Nobody's buying slim fast shakes and and fancy powders and, and bars and stuff to try to lose weight and signing up even for Weight Watchers and on Nutrisystem and stuff because they don't need to if they just simply, you know, have an eating window and a fasting window. So it has to be a grassroots, you know, type of movement of people like Jen Stevens and, and Jason Fung, who's 
when you think about it, what's amazing about him, and he is a medical doctor, and he knows that he's getting people healthy enough that they're not going to need him, and he's still, you know, pushing this, and he's certainly finding ways to make money. I'm not saying he isn't. However, I think he's incredibly selfless in what he's trying to do for the world, and there's lots of people like him if you just Google around. Yeah, yeah. So he's great because he's really no nonsense. He just lays it out there. And he's been kind of the leader. So back when he first started talking about intermittent fasting, all his medical colleagues were like, you're nuts. You're nuts. What Mm -hmm. are you talking about? And he was healing serious medical conditions through intermittent fasting. And his story was, you know, it's like you try to give people a protocol and most people don't, you know, they get confused on what it is and how to do it because everybody's so busy. And then it was just easier to do intermittent fasting. And then there were so many success stories. And now today, you know, all these other doctors are now saying, hey, I learned it from Jason Fong, you know, and now I think the newest article came out, New England uh, Medical Journal. I'll go find the article. New England Journal of Medicine. Uh Yeah, that one. You could tell I'm not really in it. I'm just in it enough to know about mm-hmm. it, but I'll put a link to that in the show notes too. And it was some research that recently came out that said, hey, intermittent fasting works. I mean, there was some medical studies that showed it as well. Yeah. I mean, the only the only negative thing I ever see occasionally, and it's very rare, is people who say, well, it's not sustainable, which to me is is actually kind of ridiculous. It's the only thing personally that has been sustainable for me because if by chance you're not feeling it one day or you have a lot of social obligations or you're incredibly hungry or you just feel like kind of pigging out, you just do it. And you go back the next day and you wake up and you fast differently. And that is the beauty of it. To me, that's the definition of sustainability. It doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't have to be, I will never eat a piece of bread again. I will only eat 20 points a day. Whatever it is, It's, it's your journey. It's your experience. And if you tune in and really listen to your body, you'll learn when you're hungry. You learn what you need to eat. When I first started, I was panicky at the end of my eating window that, uh uh-oh, maybe I'm not eating enough to fuel me through to the next day or the next 18 or 20 hours that I wanted to do. And I was always second-guessing myself. And then eventually, pretty soon after those few experiences, you kind of relax into that, what I said before, which is hunger is not an emergency. Usually, I did figure it out pretty well and had a nice, easy fast the next day. And occasionally... I plan to go 18 or 20 hours and at 16 hours or even 15 hours, if the hunger kind of stays more than five minutes or so, and I can't distract myself from it, I will eat. I think you have to kind of, hunger does come in waves. That's another good thing for your listeners to know that I think is really important. We think, oh my gosh, I have to eat now. I'm really hungry. First of all, embrace that, you know, body eating the fat, which is a wonderful thing. Breathe a little bit, have some water, maybe have a little Himalayan sea salt under your tongue. But then if it's really distracting you and it's really strong, look at your app, decide what you're going to do and be mindful about it and just eat. It's not a big deal. But more often than not, you'll be absolutely fine and you'll feel really great and you'll get to your goal of whatever it was that day for fasting. Sounds like a great health coach advice. (laughs) You know, and I think, I think that the, you know, the other thing is that's so wonderful about this is that when you do eat, wow, your, your food tastes amazing and you're very mindful and particular and excited about what you want to eat. I've always been kind of a foodie, but even more so now, if I taste something and it does not taste the way I anticipated and absolutely delicious, I just put it aside. 
Yeah. And I go on to the next thing. And I do not, I used to kind of eat my whole plate of food and be like, hmm, that wasn't satisfying. Now yeah. what? Yeah. And now I say, I am not, I'm not wasting bites or I'm not negating this fast that I just did and all those good things for my body by eating something that doesn't feel and taste great. Yeah. And that's uh, an interesting side effect of this too. Yeah. And in the uh, delay, don't deny world and just the fasting world, what we will call it is uh, it's not window worthy or it is window worthy. It's not like, window, window worthy window or we yeah. all become food snobs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, do I really? No, my want kids that? have told. It's funny. A lot of times, and I have a family. You know, uh, there's five of us, and we'll be traveling sometimes, and I'm still fasting. And you know, often my family will be eating something, and I'll say, "Well, how is it?" And literally, all four of them will occasionally go like, "Not window worthy," or they'll say, "Oh, it is," and it's become. And what I do when I travel, which is another tip your listeners might like, is that. I literally did this all through Europe. I brought a Tupperware container or, or Ziploc bags. And when there was breakfast or lunch or whatever included, or my family had something that looked delicious, I would take some of it, put it in the bag, wait the few hours that I was until I was eating, and then enjoy it, whatever the next meal was that I was eating. So at dinner, I was really often having a little bit of the breakfast and lunch that they enjoyed if it was something that was window worthy. Yeah. And you can do that. Why not? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, I love that idea. So doable. Then you don't have to feel like you're missing out. It's so doable. I mean, that's exactly right, Susie. I mean, I think that's what I want people to know. This is not hard. I mean, I love coaching people and I want to do it because I can help guide you. But, you know, the the simplicity of it, anybody can do it on their own, in their own house, in their own head, with their own app. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. I love it. So when you think about things that have helped you integrate this, we've talked about delay, don't deny. We've talked about the app. Is there anything else that um, like book wise or maybe the podcast probably are helpful? I've listened to all the intermittent fasting podcasts, all the intermittent fasting Mm -hmm. stories podcasts, and I'll put links to those in the show notes. Anything else that I'm kind of a knowledge junkie and the way I kind Mm -hmm. of get into things is is to know about them. And that's how I like train myself into the habit of things. So I don't know if there's anything else you can think of. You've given so many tips and uh, tricks and thoughts. Uh, anything else that we haven't talked about? I mean, the, I, the irony of this is that if you're not a sciencey person, you just don't not really, really anything have to, to read learn. that much. You, <laughs> yeah, don't. you don't. I know. <laughs> I mean, I've coached a bunch of people that never read an article or a book and they're doing it and they're having great success. So it's up to you. I mean, you can do your own. There's a wonderful book that's a small book also called Appetite Correction. It's a Bert Herring. That's a a good one. But I would say, you know, the Intermittent Fasting Stories podcast is one of my favorite because it takes real life people. Every journey is different. And I think it kind of brings to life some of the stuff I said here, which is you have people losing 100 pounds. You have people losing five pounds. You have people reversing disease. And everybody's story is different. There's, you know, short, fat, tall, old, young people. I don't think you need a lot of books, really, to tell you the truth. You're right. For this. You're right. Yeah, that's great. I think it's, it's, it's simpler than everybody makes it. And, of course, if you're interested, if you have diabetes or if you have metabolic syndromes that, that are not responding to other things and you're doing or considering doing fasting because of that, yeah, then... Dr. Jason Fung, he has a couple of books. All of them are terrific. And there's 
there's others as well. But other than that, I don't think they really need to read a lot. I know that's ironic, but. Yeah, isn't that something? We always try to complicate things. It's kind of like a meditation yeah. and quiet time. It's like, yeah, it's nothing much to it. Just be quiet. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like, oh, let me study right? it. Let me get another app. Well, it's let me... true. It's like that. The, the quieter you become, the more you hear. I mean, you yeah. think about that yeah. for a second. It's very similar to uh, and transferable to this lifestyle. Mm. And if you think about fasting, it's been around for the ages, mm-hmm. forever, in many Absolutely. religions. And, and you know, know why? It's linked to religion. You think about that, that, that talks to the mental clarity and peacefulness that people get. I think any religion that uses fasting, and most of them do, I ultimately think that that's the goal. It's about causing us to tune in to think about maybe what we did wrong to others or what we want to do to change the community or a religious experience. But it happens because you're not eating and your body can focus and your mind can focus on all these other mm-hmm. things and be calm. And That's you can get that perfect. feeling every day if you fast. <laughs> That's yeah. the beauty of it. Yes, yes, yes. I can remember going to get a biometric test. We have to do it every year with my husband's company. And they'd say you couldn't eat in the morning, you know, and how like I was like, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. I can't eat tomorrow morning before I go get my blood test or whatever. You know? <laughs> and yeah, now it's it like crazy? you just show up. There's so much freedom with it. And it mm-hmm. just gets easier and easier just with everything. And with the whole spiritual, like people who fast for different spiritual events, um, it can be challenging, but not if you're doing it on a regular basis. And then you have your spiritual event every day with the clarity, which is awesome. So what advice would you give your 25-year-old self? So I guess you mean in relation to like to fasting or sure, to or anything. Just, if you were general. talking to your 25-year-old self today, I mean we're okay. talking about yeah. feeling good and feeling good in your body and you're looking you're going back with what you know today. Mm-hmm. What would you say? you 25 year old well obviously I, I wish that's my that's my one little regret with this is I so wish that I had discovered this you know in my my teens and 20s when I started to just put on weight I have three children one or 21 22 and 15 and almost all of us in the family do my daughter the 22 year old is a college athlete and she fasts and she's had incredible results athletically and, and personally so I would say find IF and do this but I think an overall happiness that kind of links to IF is that I would say that the little things that you do each day are much more important than the big things. Like I Mm -hmm. remember thinking if I only had this degree or if I married this person or if I accomplished this goal, but like now in my fifties, I've started to realize it's the little things that cause happiness that are done each day. It's getting that really good parking spot at Trader Joe's (laughs) or, um, (laughs) having a great meal or, um, you know, the sunshine on my face or, Mm. you know, whatever, whatever it might be, you have to look for ways to build those little things in. And that's, you know, when they're strung together, that's the definition of like accomplishment and happiness. It's not the bigger things are important and you can't always get there without them, but they're not going to make you happy. It's little tiny things that become like your habits. And then that's your culture. And that's how you live your life. That's what I would tell my younger self. Stop looking at the big things. Mm, Love it. Love it. As we come to a close, think about all the wisdom that you've shared. And you've shared so many wonderful things. How would you summarize or last bit of wisdom that you want to share around IF? Hmm. I mean, I guess the I keep coming back to this like a broken record, but it's 
I think this is the most important is the simplicity of it. Like, just don't overthink it. I mean, you have in you what it takes to do this. I mean, it's kind of like a little quote that I have that I love. Each day I look at it and it says, I'm going to make you so proud. And it says, note to self. And it it just makes me smile. And you're in charge. It's your body. It's your journey. And there's no reason, no medical, emotional, physical reason to be eating all day, every day. And if you try this, I really wholeheartedly think that in no time, it will just become a part of your DNA, a part of like a habit that I, I mentioned before, and it will make you happy and healthy and hopefully here for many, many years to come and just feeling really good. I mean, uh, I, I've, I'm actually feeling like I'm sounding a little overly happy and annoying, but I get a little teary when I think about this because uh, it, it's really been so life-changing for me. Yeah. And thank you for this opportunity, Susie. Oh, you have not been annoying at all. You've been perfect and wonderful. And I'm just reveling in that I'm going to make you so proud. It kind of makes me emotional just to say that. It's like, mm. how about if we just feel all feel that way? You know, that's what Wake Up Be Yours is right. all about. It's like just wanting for us all. I mean, we're all working on it all the time is to find those avenues or those things that make us feel feel proud of who it's we so are. Good and proud, right. Yeah. And, and I would just kind of la- lastly say, like, pause, wait listen and really just kind of tune in just tune in instead of like grabbing a cookie or grabbing even a piece of chicken which we think is so virtuous tune into what you really need are you eating that food or are you using that food you know and can you wait and often i think you can wait and you can wait and give yourself all the benefits of this amazing lifestyle Nothing better than being in charge of your own self. And at the end of the day, when we are, we could be of greater service. That's wonderful. Exactly. And don't, and, and be, you have to be a little selfish with this lifestyle. I don't think I touched on that. You have to be willing and able to take care of yourself. And there are going to be lots of people, especially in the beginning, like, why aren't you eating? And you need to eat and you feel self-conscious and you think you have to eat. First of all, nobody really cares, by the way. You think they do. But I've been in meetings where I'm the only one not eating, nobody notices. It's the weirdest thing, but they yep. really don't. And if they, they don't. do, occasionally, occasionally you sort of say, oh, yeah, I'm eating later. Or I, oh, okay. Yeah, and that's not it. an issue. And what they yeah. really want is a connection with you. And they want you there for the meeting or the, or the hangout or whatever it is. They do not care whether you put, you know, a bite of your sandwich in your mouth. They don't care. And it's your body and it's your experience and you protect it and eat when you need to. Mm. If we don't take care of ourselves, I'm always telling my nephews this too. It's like, nobody else is going to take care of your body. Mm -hmm. Nobody else is going to do that for you. So pay attention. Exactly. It's awesome. You've been wonderful to share today. I love your experiences and um, just appreciate you taking the time to be here. Of course. All right. I hope you enjoyed our discussion. The show notes for everything that we talked about is at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash fasting. And, you know, some of the key words that I captured from Amy, simplicity, flexibility, it's the holy grail for her. It gets easier and easier. There's so many benefits. We talked about the inflammation and hormonal regulation. That's something that when I learned about the obesity code, Dr. Jason Fong, and how that has so much to do with so much of our illness and weight gain, hormonal regulation, inflammation, 
intermittent fasting really helps with that. And we had a good discussion about that. And I loved how she discussed that the cell regeneration. So they talk about this being a, uh, an avenue for youthening. And I've seen that in watching other people and seeing what they're going through. I feel younger. One key benefit is the clarity and mindfulness. She made great case for that. Um, you can experience that as well. I know I have feeling freer and how sustainable it is. There's just not one path. It is really a personal journey. And I loved her note to herself. I'm going to make you so proud today. So we're proud, proud of you listening and caring about waking up eager and encourage you as I do to myself is to train ourselves to talk kind to ourselves and be supportive of ourselves so that we do the things that are good for us um, and that make us feel better. So I said again that uh, this is a personal journey and Amy does a small window, but remember she's been doing this for two and a half years. And so I do um, 18 hour window, but I also was doing a lot of fasting prior to even getting to this and low carbing and all of that. So there is no standard or no specific journey other than your own. So I just want to make that point. You know, when I say I have an 80, 18 hour window, that's my fasting you know, time and then my six hour eating window, yours may be something completely different. Okay. So you'll hear that a lot in the messages of the material shared uh, by the intermittent fasting podcast and intermittent fasting stories, but some ideas on if this has piqued your interest and you say, Hmm, I wonder if this is anything to this. Go to our show notes, pricelessprofessional.com fasting, and look at several things. You could look at the New England study, Journal of Medicine study, review the infographic that I mentioned. It, it, when you look at it, it's interesting because it's very quick. You click on the link and you scroll down and every question that you have that comes up as you're reading and looking at the pictures, they answer. It's really solid and it seems very helpful. It's in tip number three of the Wake Up Eager Tips book but it'll also be in the show notes. If you want to know more after that, if it's still piquing your interest, jump right in or go listen to, or as you're jumping in, go listen to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast with Jen Stevens and Melanie Avalon. Go listen to the Intermittent Fasting Stories Podcast. You can do that while you're driving, while you're walking the dogs. Go join the Delay Don't Deny Facebook page. As I mentioned, there's 250,000 members. You can lurk there. You don't even have to you don't have to say anything or jump in, but you can see other people's stories and there's a lot of sharing. Here's my before. I'm six months in. Here's how I feel and look now. And it's a very encouraging group. Amy is a moderator there. So if you ask a question, who knows, she might even answer your question. But you will find all of that at uh, links to the Delay Don't Deny Facebook page at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash fasting. I like that also because they keep, uh, there's a lot of, you know, junk around on everything we look at internet wise, people with an agenda and people sharing disinformation. And I feel like the delay don't deny group has a very clear mission and that is helping others, not trying to convince you got to buy something or get something to be successful or to feel good. Uh, there's two books that I like a delay don't deny and what when wine. There are other books from Dr. Fung that are much more kind of technical, the obesity code, but those are also very good. You can try dipping your toe in the water. Stop eating at 7 p.m. and don't eat again until 7 a.m. Just do a 12, 12 hour fasting window. You probably almost do that already now. Maybe you do do that now. 
uh, see how that feels and then try it from there. Keep in mind the Clean Fast. We talked about that in this episode. And I really like both apps, the Zero Fasting app and the Window Intermittent Fasting app. Both are good, easy on your phone, and it, I'm just a nerd. I like uh, tracking stuff, and I think I'm at, I have to open my phone, but nine months, I'm at 200 and something days. You know, it tracks how many hours, and that type of thing. So let me know how it goes. If you have questions, it's a, a fun topic. But what if we all went into work? What if we woke up every day feeling really good in our bodies? What if we woke up every day and we were mentally clear and energized and we had a ton of energy? What if we felt more mindful. I agree with everything that Amy said. What if we felt more energy? What if we were clearer about what actions, all the brain fog and things that can happen to all of us under stress and with a busy schedule? What if traveling was easier? What if we were healthier, our blood pressure was healthier and our weight was a healthy weight? I mean, what difference would that make in your wake up eager life and in the life of your family and in the life of all the people you impact. And I do believe that how we feel in our bodies can impact our mood and our effectiveness. So check it out. If you have uh, insight or feedback about this episode or others, feel free to drop me a line at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash Susie, or you can try out our new little speak pipe thing, speakpipe.com forward slash wake up eager workforce. Click the button and talk. It's also on our show notes at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash fasting. So I'd love tips and insights about tune in time. Just as a reminder, I mentioned that earlier. I'm going to be recording that podcast soon. If you have something and would like to be featured on the podcast, share what do you do for tune in time? So go to speakpipe.com forward slash wake up your workforce. Leave me that message and we'll get you in on that podcast. So my number one mind, body, spirit tips are, and this is what the episodes are. Episode number 66, we talk about essentialism. And episode number 67, we're talking about intermittent fasting today. Episode number 68, tune in time. Uh, So those are my top tips. And I look forward to you sharing, uh, reading, and listening to these episodes. And uh, hopefully that you'll benefit from them. So happy to be with you. Appreciate your time. Thank you for being a Wake Up Eager listener and friend. And we'll see you on the next episode. Take care. This episode of the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast was brought to you by Priceless Professional Development. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to pricelessprofessional.com to gain access to more professional development resources. 